Welcome to the Grad School Femtoring Podcast, the place for first-gen students of color to prepare for grad school. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Fu, and I will be serving as your femtor, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into and successfully navigate grad school. For over 10 years, I've been helping first-gen students of color get into top grad programs in their field, and I'm really excited to support you on your academic journey too. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette, and you're listening to episode 146 on journaling questions to help you dream again. I am going to be sharing a series of questions that I've introduced to some of my clients, some of my former students, my femtees, and even some of my friends. I started gathering these questions as I was undergoing my own journey toward personal and professional development. This was actually last year when I was in the middle of trying to figure out how in the world I was going to quit my job and move my family abroad. And I gathered these questions from a series of different individuals who I follow and whose work I've read or podcasts I've listened to. And they really helped me to gain clarity on my long-term goals. And it also gave me the permission to dream again. I realized at some point um, in my career and in my higher education journey that I stopped dreaming or that maybe I dreamt, but with limitations, I stopped dreaming big. I also, I think that for, for myself and for a lot of you, you might reach a point in your grad school journey where you might feel stuck because if you're in a doctoral program that lasts, say, five, six, seven, sometimes eight, nine, and 10 years, life is going to happen. And then on top of that, there will be a point where you reach a wall. There will be a point where you will struggle. And there might be a point where you will question yourself. And so if you're in that place right now where you're in grad school and you're feeling stuck. You're wondering, wait, why did I sign up for this to begin with? Do I even still want to do this? How am I going to get through another year? Then these questions, these journaling questions might be helpful for you. These questions might also be helpful for you if you're an early career professional or if you're in uh, any point in your career where you're feeling stuck. I felt stuck last year. And that's when I realized I needed a change. And so for today, um, like I said, these questions I've gathered from a couple of individuals, I'll mention their names. The first is Tiffany Aliche. I've mentioned her before. She's a famous financial educator. She's the author of Get Good With Money, which is like um, a book all about the 10 steps to becoming financially whole. If you want to learn about financial literacy, that is the book to go to. Um, it's my favorite book for financial literacy. I've read a few. 
I haven't read them all, but all of all the ones that I've read, that one is by far my favorite and the most comprehensive, uh, what is it? Like the most comprehensive and holistic one that I've seen. I really love her because she's a former elementary school teacher. She is really down to earth, really keeps it real. And she's someone I continue to follow and to listen to. I consider her someone I look up to and admire. There's also um, a few questions here that I gathered from an episode of the Journey to Launch podcast. And that one is hosted by Jamila Soufrant, and she's another financial educator and podcaster. I don't know if she has a book. <laughs> At least I have not read. Uh, she does have one. I have not read it. Um, but she does have a podcast and I have listened to a good amount of the episodes and I found them helpful as well. And I know that in her episode where she brings in these questions to help you dream and imagine your ideal life, her um, inspiration or she took, you know, her ideas and found inspiration from two other individuals. So there's Mel Robbins and Tim Ferriss. So there's a podcast, the Tim Ferriss podcast, where he brings in Mel Robbins as a guest. Mel Robbins is a former lawyer and also a famous motivational speaker. And she's very, very open about her childhood trauma. And um, that, that, I listened to that episode. It was really useful. Her a lot of these questions are actually coming from her. These are her questions that she has her students answer as well to help them determine and figure out a path to crafting a life of intention, you know, a life aligned with their values and dreams, et cetera. And then, um, so Tim Ferriss himself is a lifestyle design expert, and he is the author of the well-known book called The 4-Hour Workweek. And so these are some of the folks who, whose ideas I'm kind of borrowing from in case you want to listen more, you know, they uh, either have a podcast or have been on podcasts and have books or um, have written on these topics, topics related to um, lifestyle design and crafting a life of intention. So for the first a set of questions, and oh, let me go back, actually circle back to this topic of lifestyle design. Let me de define that for you so that you're not confused. Lifestyle design, as I'm referring to it, is the act of identifying patterns, habits of how you spend your time, your energy, and making sure that they align with what you want to do. So it's designing the life and the lifestyle that works best for you. It works best for your body, for your mind, for your soul, for you know your, your calling, your interests, the things that nourish you. It's being in alignment and designing a life that works best for you. So for instance, what is an example of lifestyle design um, for me, for instance? Well, when I was working last year and decided I wanted to move abroad, why did I want to do that? I wanted to do that so that I could live a slower lifestyle, have a slower pace. That slower pace would be more aligned with my body. Um, dealing with a chronic illness, it's very helpful for me to slow down, not be working 24 seven. So that's one example. 
I also knew that I wanted to do work that would be aligned with my values. So I decided to start my own business that is directly informed by my values of compassion and social justice. And so when I share information on my podcast, when I, um, I'm writing my book, The Grad School Mentoring Guide, it incorporates compassion and social justice within it. And then I'm also, you know, I am very good at writing and organization and systems and productivity. And that's the kind of work that I do one-on-one with my clients of helping them to improve their systems and their writing to help them achieve their goals. But then there's also this part of it. The mindset is the redirecting their thoughts, reframing their thoughts and helping them to think bigger, think outside of their current role, their current circumstances so that they can start to dream bigger and in dreaming bigger, they can start to take small steps today towards living that life, the the life that they are designing. All right. So the first set of questions are, if you need to get a pen and paper, now's the time to do it. Imagine your perfect day. So this is the first thing. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like? And if you struggle to think about your perfect day, why is that? I reached a point in my grad school journey where I forgot what made me happy. I forgot what brought me joy. I struggled to figure out what nourished me. I struggled to... um, work on any hobbies and so it was an act of remembering to figure that out to explore and try things out and that's when I I found the things that I liked when I remembered the things that I liked and enjoyed so if you're struggling think back to the moments where maybe you were smiling giggling laughing content at peace and that could be part of your perfect day The next set of questions are related to um, long-term dreaming and planning. So what does your day look like 10 years from now? What are you doing? Where are you living? What do you look like? What are you wearing? What does your hair look like? 10 years. So think of yourself and where you were 10 years from now and think about where you are now. Could you have predicted that you'd get this far? Maybe you did. Maybe you knew all along that you would be where you're at right now, but maybe not. Maybe you are already at a point in your life where you've reached a lot of your goals and dreams. And so what comes after this? What comes 10 10 years from now? The sky's the limit. So where, for me, where are you living? Okay, so I'm living in Portugal now, but where could I be living 10 years from now? Who knows? Really? I mean, I could live anywhere. If I really set my mind to it, I could figure out a way to do it. And it might seem inconceivable right now, but a lot of things will not be inconceivable for you in 10 years. There's so much progress that can be made in 10 years. And I say, like, what do you look like? What are you wearing? What does your hair look like? Because we don't always look the same. 
10 years ago, I didn't have short hair. I had long hair and I couldn't stand it. <laughs> That's why I shopped it off. What are you wearing? You know, like, are you wearing the things that you are wearing now, 10 years from now? Or are you wearing something different, something nicer, something more casual, something more dressy? Who knows? It's up to you. Now, the next set of questions have to do with money and what you would do if you didn't have to worry about it. Because for a lot of us, we do have to worry about money. A lot of us, we have bills to pay. Most of us are not independently wealthy. And so it is a concern. But if it wasn't, if you had all the money in the world, if you were Oprah, <laughs> if you were Beyonce, if you were just some random multimillionaire, what would you do with it? Like, what, what would your life look like? What would you, how would you spend your time if you didn't have to worry about money? And also, if you could imagine your ideal life, like, what is your ideal life? Like, if you had all the things you wanted in life and you calculated that month by month for a whole year, what would be the cost of your ideal life? No one's ever asked me that before. And I, not until recently, had not calculated that number. But, and it's a little scary to look at the numbers, to be frank. But if you do it, you'd be surprised. That number might be, I don't know, 80,000, which may seem like a big number to you. It might be 100,000. It might be 200, 300, 500, might be a million. I don't know. It's your life. But if there were no limits, if you didn't have to worry, honestly think about what are the things that you wish that you could afford. Like in my case, I'm like, oh, childcare is <laughs> a big one. Like, oh, I'd love more money for childcare. I'd love more money to travel. Or I'd love more money to, you know, pay for uh, my family to to come visit me or to create scholarships or to have a nonprofit and to provide you know, job opportunities to more people. And, you know, just think about what are the things that you would love to do if you didn't have to worry about money. And then that's going to help you to figure out kind of where your values are and um, what to work toward. And then figuring out the cost of your ideal life will also help you because if you realize, actually, I need... I would love to be able to have support with domestic labor, with cleaning or with cooking or whatever it is. I'd be, I would love to be able to pay, I don't know, my parents for watching my kids. I would love to be able to pay my sibling for helping me with this part of my job or whatever it is. How much does that cost? Once you have a number, you can actually work towards that number, even if it seems inconceivable right now having a number will help okay and now the last set of questions are thinking about how you're spending your time now so think about your current lifestyle routine habits the things that you do your day in the life what do you want more of what do you want less of are you spending most of your time living the life that you want or working towards that life in the future. Now, 
for myself, I believe that it's important for me to be actively doing both, actively living the life that I want and actively working towards the life that I want in the future. What does that mean? That means I don't want to just live in the moment because for a good amount of us, we're going to live until we're in our 80s or even older. And if we don't start to think about that future self, then it's going to be a tough life. What happens if you're forced into early retirement because you physically can no longer work? How are you going to make ends meet then? That's why it's important to start thinking about saving and investing. And even if it's not doable right now, even if you don't have anything, even if you're in the negative, knowing knowing that that's something you need to work towards will help you get one step closer to it. Um, and then, you know, I also like, I don't want to just be working for the future. I don't, I don't want to be frugal, so frugal that I am not enjoying my life right now because yeah, a lot of us are going to live until we're a lot older, but some of us are not going to live until tomorrow. And so it needs to be a balance of the two of doing the things that bring you joy, but then also thinking about your future self and doing things to take care of your future self too. So it's a balance. Think about how you're spending your time. Think about reducing the things that you want less of and increasing the things that you want more of. That will help you make a change in your circumstances, even if it's a small change. I've had folks where, I've met with them. We've kind of gone through discussing these questions. I've had them answer a few in front of me. And then after the call, they tell me like, thanks to this conversation, I signed up to do X or I put my application. I sent an application that I've been wanting to send out. I finally sent it out. I did that one thing that I've been afraid to do. And it's one thing. But that one thing sets in motion a bunch of other things, it's that one shift in your habit. So for me telling myself, I want to be more active. And for the longest, I've been telling myself, well, I can't exercise or I can't do a lot of it because of my chronic illness, because of my flare ups. And it's true. I do have to find a balance between not overdoing it because I will flare up if I do too much. But it doesn't mean that I can't be active. It just means I have to find different strategies. And so I, you know, what changed? Getting um, a stationary bike and trying out some videos. And now I'm doing it rather regularly. And it's not for a long time, but it's enough for me. And it's making a difference. I'm feeling better. I feel more active. I feel healthier. So what is the small habit that you can change? This one thing that you can do based on answering one or more of these questions that will help set in motion the rest of your life. That's what I wanted to bring up today. I wanted you to hopefully be able to slow down as you're listening to this podcast episode, sit down and do some reflecting, do some assessing, Think about where you are in your life. And it, I know that for some folks, you've been in your career for so long, it's hard to think outside of the box. It's hard to think of yourself outside of what you've been doing for so long, but you can. 
And you should, <laughs> I shouldn't say you should. My therapist will tell me there is no should, <laughs> but it might be helpful for you <laughs> to consider these questions and to make a change, even if it's a small change. That's it for this week. And um, I hope you all have a good rest of your week. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you would like additional support as you navigate your educational trajectory, then sign up for my free 15-page grad school femtoring resource kit. This 15-page kit includes essential information such as organizational tools, research resources, my own email organizing system, info on how to apply to grad school, as well as how to manage your grad school and career outcomes, and much more. Go to gradschoolfemtraining.com slash kit to get it today. Thank you so much for joining me in the Grad School Femtraining Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or email me your review at gradschoolfemtoring at gmail.com. You can also show your support by going to gradschoolfemtoring.com and joining my mailing list where you'll receive weekly tips, podcasts and blog updates, as well as discounts for my digital downloads, online courses, and much more. One last thing, don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Until next time.